punch drunk. The punches weren't really necessary. Maybe they were super necessary. Welcome to episode 62 of the Punch Drunk Podcast, your favorite combat sport podcast hosted by two dudes who can't fight and know way less about fighting than they think they do. I'm your host, Lewis, and as always, I'm joined by Adam for our first show of 2023. Happy New Year, bud. How you doing? Uh, I'm all right, mate. First, second day back at work today, so I'm just still, you know, I'm back to full depression. It takes 48 hours, I realized. Um <laughs> <laughs> on Monday, I was like, I'm that keen. I'm like, I'm like, not keen, but like, I'm refreshed. I got a new attitude for work. I'm not going to complain. And then, like, one fucking day in the office, and I'm like, fuck this shit. Uh, Took one work day to beat you back down <laughs> and to depre- depress you yeah. in perpetuity but once again. It might just be because I haven't been talking to you, haven't been doing the pod, and that's what I'm having withdrawals from, you know? So it could just be. I think so. That. I think so. And you're probably not the only person experiencing that. I know all of our loyal listeners and watchers now on YouTube probably been looking at their watches going, where, where are the punch drunk boys? Where are they? I need them in my life. So have no fear. We are back. <laughs> And we've got so much to talk about ahead of the new calendar year in the world of mixed martial arts. Lots of news, lots of things to talk about. Look at that cheeky, look at that cheeky smile. He's, there's he's a big old elephant in this room right now. And I feel there like is, every uh, yeah, listener knows it. there is as well. And The <laughs> big old elephant in the room is obviously the fact that the main event has changed for the fight night coming up. And Kelvin <laughs> Gastelum is out of his battle against <laughs> Nasadine. Imovov uh, and Sean Strickland has replaced him. No, obviously the big elephant in the room is the wild uh, incident. Incident, saying incident kind of downplays the situation. I've been. Mm. I, I feel like incident is one of those terms that used when people just don't want to call a spade a spade. Let's be honest. It was a it was a shit show that broke. But um, last week, the video released by TMZ of, of uh, Dana White physically. Uh, getting into a physical confrontation with his wife and ultimately slapping her at that nightclub in Cabo. It was just, it was actually, it was actually quite hard to watch. And it's crazy how quickly you can become desensitized to it because it was just flying around Twitter. And within an hour, I'd probably seen it a hundred times. And then you're like, ah, was it, you know, was it really that bad? And then you're like, you have to take a step back and go, yeah, that was, that was horrendous. What the fuck happened there? Yeah. Uh, exact same thing happened to me, but like I was on the punch drunk Instagram and um, I just like saw it and I was like, is that real? But then I just scrolled to the next post and it's there and the next post and it's there and the next post and it's there and just going and going. And I think by the time I'd seen it, he'd already issued an apology as well or like not an apology. It was more like an explanation. Um, so but- as, I, as I understand that, and I could be wrong about this, but the apology and the TMZ article leaking it came out simultaneously. So before TMZ ran it, they went to Dana and said, we're going to run this. And so he got the opportunity to really get out in front of it. Just goes to show 
pays to have friends in in high places and good relationships with certain media outlets because I think TMZ and Dana are, are pretty pally and the way that they ran that whole interview was was really weird. It was like they were trying to justify his behavior and it, and and sort of explain it away. But whilst Dana White was going, no, this was this was completely wrong. There is no explanation for this. I'm a I'm a clown for this. Be you know, I I get I deserve what's coming to me. There's no excuse for a man putting their hands on a woman, etc. And it was just it. It's been so weird seeing people trying who are fans of MMA, fans of the UFC, trying to like mentally gymnastic their way around the fact that Dana White, big old testosterone replacement therapy Dana White slapped his tiny little wife at a nightclub in Cabo on New Year's Eve. And everyone's just like, just just step back and be like, nah, man, what the what the shit was that about? That's not cool. And uh, the, the silence has been deafening from the UFC, from Endeavor. ESPN have have been a disgrace. They like to hold themselves out as friggin' social justice warriors. And when you want to watch sport, all you can hear about is politics from ESPN. But at a time when they need to issue a statement and be strong about something that's actually, you know, really impactful, all they could muster up was to say, we're not responsible for any of the content. We're simply the distributor. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest cop. That's the biggest cop out in the world. Yeah. That's worse. That's worse than saying nothing. At least saying nothing, you can at least imagine they're going. Well, at some point, they're going to have to address this. ESPN coming out and giving that pile of shite was, mate, it's a joke. Yeah, it's it, that. That's a joke because uh, it, it makes it when they do make political stances against real causes. It also makes them have. They're just bullshit now as well in my eyes. You know what I mean? Like, it's good that they do that stuff, but it's like you're obviously only doing it because you think it's going to make you money because Dana supporting Dana White or making a stance on Dana White either way is not going to make them more money, and they know that, but that, that's why they shut the fuck up. So it's just like all of your political stances as a whole now are just fake, corporately driven bullshit, I, I feel like, and it 100%. sucks. And they were happy. Yeah, they were happy to step in and, and, and pull, you know, use the ESPN card when Dana White wanted to bring the UFC back at the, you know, the very first card, if you remember, for, for COVID. And he, he got the um, Native American land. I forget which casino it was, but it was in California on, on a reservation. And it was all good to go ahead. And then because of the optics of it on ESPN, they, they they pulled it and they overruled him and some big swinging dick from Disney came down and kiboshed it. It's like, well, you know, you you, you were you weren't you were happy to uh, be more than a distributor at that point, but in this situation, you want to stay quiet on it because you think you know Dana's going to get on the phone and shout at you or whatever it is. And you know, I think Dana gets way too much shit pre prior to this incident. I think MMA like you know a lot of. Uh, MMA media and a lot of MMA fans are just, you know, desperate to to hate on him because they don't like his 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 style, his brash personality, and the fact that he is such, you know, such uh, a big personality and he is the face of the UFC. But this incident, like, there's there's no defending this, and it's been bizarre, as I said, to people like, well, she did hit him first. What do you expect? He was just, you know, retaliating or defending himself, like. Man, she's tiny. Like that slap was. What What are we talking about? Yeah, you just need to go. What, the way I like instantly sort of looked at it was like, because I was do- I had the same thought process as you. And then you just go, what if 
that was your best mate and you saw him do that to his missus? Like, what are you yeah. going to do? You're going to defend right. him or like, probably not, are you? You're going to be like, no, dude, doesn't matter what she did. Unless there was 30 seconds before that of her with like a hammer, just like hitting him in the face or something. <laughs> Maybe a slap was yeah. warranted. Right. Right, yeah, exactly. If it's like a, you know, his his life is threatened or some situation, then you go, okay, the stakes have changed. This was a this was nothing. She was drunk and a little bit pissy at him. Slap slapped at him. They were having it. It was it was, yeah. Dana White has just come off looking so badly um, in this situation, and it's going to take a long time if ever, that his reputation fully recovers from this. And it's going to be interesting to see how it's handled going forward, what questions are asked of him in the, you know, by the media at the presses of these fights, at media days, etc. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's, it's a real, real interesting one. So I'm going to kick it over to you, man. What, what, what could you see playing out as a result of this? Because there's been no movement, but it's unthinkable to me that, the situation will remain as is, i.e. there will be no consequences for Dana, some kind of statement, some kind of action is going to have to be taken. Yeah, I, I feel like this week more than when the – it's probably because I'm paying more attention, to be honest, but I feel like the heat is actually forcing its way into the UFC more and more as this week goes on, and I feel like when the event, the first event happens, it'll be probably be talked about more. And then when the first pay-per-view happens – what will what question one does he front for the presser and if he doesn't that's a horrible look and if he does is anyone going to ask the question they have to don't they any journalist they, worth their soul they has to. have to they yeah. have to and if they don't they you know they can't be considered journalists i know there was that whole you know, ridiculous situation with Paddy and Ariel and Dana and whether Ariel's a true journalist. And let's be honest, he's more of a content creator than a journalist these days. The 99% of people who turn up at Media Row for UFC, they are more content creators than they are journalists. And that's just a, you know, that's just the reality of, I would say, sports media. Most, a lot of people, you know, they're not really journalists anymore. They are, they are, Quasi-journalists, but they are content creators. Because of what's happened, it'd be, I would be very, very surprised if there isn't some legit sites or newspapers sending some journalists that are probably not usually yeah. at those press conferences I mean, ask these questions. New York Times is probably, yeah, New York Times could be applying for credentials, all of that kind of stuff, some big media outlets that, that, that don't typically cover uh, the event that you're spot on, mate. So, yeah, I, I, I'm sure... I, I, no, sure, but I would be shocked if he doesn't front. The question is, who's who's going to be asking the right questions? John Morgan always gets the first question. I'd like to think John Morgan goes, you know, Dana, we'll we'll get to the fight soon, but you know, we have to. We ha- you've come out and addressed it. These were your words. It was apparent. You know, what is there going to be any kind of discipline from a you know from a company perspective because of this incident? That's a that's the the first and only question that, that needs to be asked, in my opinion. Yeah, and I know there's a lot of dominoes that need to fall before this, but I was, I did, like I have been thinking about this a lot and I was starting to go down the, you know, what's the worst possible outcome? What's the conspiracy? Ooh. What's the, how bad could this get for the UFC? Doomsday Adam, Doomsday Adam, so, tell me. Okay, well, obviously what's, skipping how, a few more steps. This go? But if this keeps getting worse and worse and you know how cancel culture and whatnot 
can make an impact on sports. You can a lot of people for probably less bad things than that have been taken away from a job or from a title or just, you know, sort of been put on ice for a year or so. And if that were to happen to Dana, say Dana White this year eventually stands down or, you know, is bluntly fired. He's got Dana White's gone from the UFC. What happens after that? I think the first thing I thought of, because we spoke about it on the pod a while ago, is Joe Rogan's gone, which I know that doesn't matter for the fighters, but like I bet you a lot of people tune into pay-per-views because he's a huge part of it. So he's gone, Dana's gone. That That's two things gone. And then you go, how many fighters are going to take Dana's side? How many fighters just love Dana? He's probably, you know, saved their lives, saved their families, shit like that, giving them contracts. So it, maybe it divides half the roster. And then do they want to go to another organisation? And then all in the middle of all this, if the UFC is blowing up, Francis Ngannou, the fucking heavyweight champ, the scariest man on earth. His contract is running out this year and he's, there's already speculation that he might go somewhere else. I think he definitely goes somewhere else or he definitely stays, but then Dana being Dana is like, I'm not retiring and fly off in the sunset. I want to be at another organisation. And then chaos. Chaos happens in the MMA world. And I feel like the PFL might just be timing. Timing is everything. And PFL seems to be just doing everything right right now, getting some heat, getting everyone's attention. And all of a sudden, there might be in some alternate universe, the UFC might not be as powerful powerful as we think. And, you know, too big to too big to fail. I don't know. I don't know if they're too big to fail, especially if ESPN's not got their back. Wow. I mean, that but- is that is doomsday worst case scenario i can see individual pieces of that sort of happening but like for all of that to happen i i I do think the ufc is too big to fail i think it's immovable at this point and but 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 we think those things man because we we know that like we spoke about this in recent pods that like dana's got this succession plan kind of for when he does leave but I doubt those two are his boys. So if he if he gets stood down or something, I doubt they're going to be like, okay, we'll stay here. It's fine. They're going to be like, well, no, we're following Dana. Don't you think? I don't know, man. You, you all of a sudden you go, hey, you, you're you're next up. You're now president of UFC. You think they're going to go? Mm, no thanks. I'll I'll go follow Dana to a startup organization. I just uh, I, I I don't I don't see that happening. And but. Dana, Dana has a shelf life in, in, in the sport, and we've seen him do less and less over the, 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 the next few years, and maybe that gets accelerated. Maybe, maybe the way that they get out in front of this is to say Dana White will be stepping down. We don't have a time frame for it because we need to manage the organization. We need to manage the share price. We have an obligation to the shareholders, but the transition plan has now begun. And that could easily, a, a true transition plan could take two years, depending on what happens. And so that's not a real punishment, but it may just accelerate how quickly Dana was willing to leave. And so the UFC still comes out on top because they keep Dana around for a couple of years. They still manage the transition plan, but it still looks like they're doing something. So that's that's a possibility. Francis Ngannou's gone. I actually think, uh, in, in my opinion, I think he's gone. Hilariously, I think if Dana White leaves, Francis Ngannou stays, man. I think his mm. beef is with Dana, and I think Dana's so <clears throat> so stubborn and so like dug in his, his heels in the sand here about how they do business. And he's, he's always said, as long as I'm here, this is going to be like the cap on fight to pay. I actually think that 
we, you get a new president, they make a big splash by signing Ngannou to a deal that he wants, and they retain the you know the 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 baddest man on the planet, the heavyweight champion of the world. I could actually see that being working in Francis's favor. Whereas if Dana stays and nothing happens here, and he just lets his contract run out, as is rumored, we see him go to the PFL, especially with the announcement of this new super fight division. Uh, that that was was speared up by Jake Paul, and I suppose, you know, the natural you know the natural flow of our discussion here is taking us there. So let's go there because that was absolutely huge, huge news in the world of MMA. I, if you missed it, I don't know how, but Jake Paul has signed a deal. Yes, YouTube celebrity boxer Jake Paul, Disney Channel Jake Paul, your mate has signed. My mate Jake Paul has signed a deal with the PFL. And to to become um, f- ab- fighter advocate, I believe his official title is, but he's also signed in a fighter's capacity to compete in. Now, everyone was calling it the newly formed super fight division. It's actually not brand new. Uh, this was actually announced in March last year, and it was attached to Kayla Harrison, and it came with a whole new round of investment to the tune of about $30 million that was injected into the PFL. Jake Paul has come on board. I think him and his manager have added another round of investment into the PFL here. And so Jake Paul has signed a two-fight deal, I believe it is, or two fights a year or two-fight deal, or I, I forget, to, to have fights inside the PFL supercage. Now, this is wild. PFL has never been more talked about than it has been in the last week by bringing Jake Paul on. Jake Paul has over 20 million followers on Instagram, over 20 million followers on Twitter. The PFL has got half a million on each. Jake Paul is far bigger in sports, in the world of, you know, content, of world of culture than the PFL could ever dream of being at this stage. So what he does and being able to use his platform for that organization and the fighters there is only a good thing. And the exciting part of this for fighters and for fighter pay and this whole, you know, ecosystem of fighter contracts and free agency is that this super fight division four pay-per-view events per year <clears throat> will share pay-per-view revenue 50-50 between the fighters and the organization. And that sounds really good and exciting. I don't know what that 50-50 split actually means. And I don't know whether that means it's shared equally be all, be, between all fighters on the card, whether it's just the main event, so on and so forth. The details are thin. But the fact that this has been announced and the way they announced it, by the way, if you haven't watched the announcement video with Jake Paul, what they put out, they crushed it, man. They did such a good job. They threw some shots at Dana. They threw some shots at the UFC. PFL is on the come up, man. And mm-hmm. I can confidently say they are the number two MMA organization in the world right now. Bellator is absolutely washed. Yeah, and they were like they were obviously gaining heat before the Jake Paul announcement as well. You were preaching it on here. And it's all over MMA Twitter. And then the dominoes seem to fall in their favor the last couple of weeks. Obviously, the Dana thing probably works in their favor. The Jake Paul thing definitely works in their favor, at least for a publicity standpoint, at the least. You know, like the worst possible thing is that they probably get a, like a couple more million eyeballs, at least look at one event, see what it is, check it yep. out. And the events are already awesome. So pe- most likely people are going to love it. Uh, but then, yeah, if the if shit keeps, keeps going south for the UFC, like they're just – they're this there. They're ready to take it in Garner tomorrow, you know, and they're probably already talking to him. I'd say. So it's going to be an interesting year, man. V- very quickly, it's become 
who knows what's going to happen, I, I feel like, but like embrace the chaos. I think I, my, my prediction for the, for the year in terms of the sport as a whole is we have a, a, a you know, there's a continuing to be a rocky few months. UFC starts to put on some great events. Conor McGregor comes back and the UFC sails to continuing to be the, the biggest organization by the end of the year by a country mile. I think they do about 80%, maybe 80, just over 80% of <clears throat> the market share of, of, of MMA. And then the rest are fighting over the scraps. I think PFL erodes maybe maybe one percent of the UFC's market share, especially with with Jake Paul. But I think I think that's partially because they'll bring new new eyeballs to the sport in the way that he's done with YouTuber boxing. The same as what KSI has done in Misfits. You know, we don't have to pretend it's real fighting, but we can say it's positive for the ecosystem because it offers another avenue for fighters to be able to go and get paid. And if they want, if fighters choose to go and earn more money than, than you know, let's say legacy or being able to challenge themselves at the highest level, then that's that's great. Um, PFL's got a new distribution deal with DAZN for this year across Europe and the USA, I believe. So. Lot no across Europe, they're still with ESPN in, in, in the US, if, if I recall correctly. But but big things coming up for the PFL. They've now added PFL Europe. They 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 they're doing huge things. It's really exciting to see, and it just offers another legitimate option for up and coming fighters. Instead of feeling like they have to go Dana White Contender Series, they have to go UFC. The PFL is is a legitimate avenue. Now the difference is. PFL runs at a massive loss right now. PFL doesn't make money, and they are propped up by investors willing to continue to put money in to a business that's losing money on the idea that eventually it will turn around. It takes one bad move. It takes one bad incident or situation for investors to pull funding and go, "Mm, this is all over. And that is the power that the UFC has. It makes money in its own right. Bellator loses money hand over fist. Scott Coker wants to sell it. It's propped up by CBS. But Fire. how long did the UFC PFL lose is- money for? A long time. Forever. A long time. <laughs> but, you know, it's look, look where it is now. But it took a long time, a long time. And they had the monopoly. They had all the fighters. They had the stars. They had it all, man. It's, it's it's very, very difficult to be in that position when you're not the only show in town. They were the only show in town. They were mixed martial arts for 99% of fans, especially once Pride folded. Mm. So, But a lot of those fans it's were non-existent very- or were boxing fans, so they converted them some way, you know. Now yes. you could nearly yeah, yeah, argue yeah. that the PFL, they've got more fans to choose from. They just need to sell them. And... Oh, Dana White they hitting do. his PFL. wife and that going viral is probably a reason for some people to go, <laughs> maybe I'll watch the fucking PFL. <laughs> you know? It's, mate, you're, 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 you're spot on. But you I, I think, know I'm being pessimistic that- and uh, trying to drive some conspiracy and I feel like we are wavering, so I'm going to bring us right back to the UFC. And it doesn't have All to right. be UFC predictions, but a bit more, bit more positive. I know I gave you a bit of time for yes. this before we recorded. If you could be granted three wishes in the MMA world this year, what would they be? And I've got mine written down here, but you go first. We'll go one for one. Go one for one. Okay. My first one, my my, my, my first wish is not specifically fighter related, but I think it will, it, I think it legitimately would be a good thing for the UFC. 
and you get one more belt put in there. I know you don't want too many belts, too many weight classes, but let's get a 165-pound weight class in there. Let's uh, And then move welterweight limit up to 175, middleweight's 185. So, you know, those, those smaller welterweights don't have to, um, you know, end up competing against essentially drained middleweights and end up having massive size disparity in there. You know, look at someone like, um, I'm trying to think, Colby Covington would be would be a perfect example of someone who could dominate at 165 pounds because he's basically walks around at 170 and ends up fighting dudes in there who are easily 180, 190 pounds once they've, once they've rehydrated. Bump the the welterweight limit up to 175, and just add another. Just just stagger it nicely. That 15 pound jump from lightweight to welterweight right now is a big difference. So let's just do it in. And there's so much pounds. talent that's, that that they would easily fill a division very quickly in in that. Easily. So what are you calling? Easily. It? What's it going to be called? This division. Um. So I I, I think it, it the the 165 stays welterweight, and 175 becomes super welterweight. Okay, working part of them. Let's just borrow it from boxing. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Just borrow it from boxing, super welterweight. Or, um, yeah, that, that. All right, my first one is... Lay it on me. The one everyone's talking about, the fight everyone wants to see, and now I kind of want to see it on PFL. Francis Ngannou versus John Jones. Yeah, I mean, that's, I just that's the fight it. that has to be made. It's got to be. It can only happen in the UFC for for many reasons, but that fight has to happen. And surely, surely Francis Ngannou doesn't cock this one up. Like, I agree with a lot of the things Francis Ngannou's been lobbying for, but holy shit, he's pissed away a lot of money in the last couple of in the last couple of years. I think he's taken some real bad advice on this idea that he should be allowed to go and box and make $30 million. Mate, you ain't Tyson Fury. Very, very few boxers outside of Tyson Fury, Canelo, Anthony Joshua, um, Javonte, Javonte Davis, maybe, are making that sort of money. Mm. And the only reason they're making that... Yeah, the, the only reason they're making that sort of money is because the rest of the fighters on the card are making $8 and a bag of port scratchings for turning up and fighting. Mm. So... Francis, Francis Ngannou could have got somewhere like 7 to $8 million a fight what world are we living in where we're telling people that that's not enough money to, for for 25 minutes of work or in Francis Ngannou's case like 6 minutes of work once he murks people what are we what are we doing yeah let's let's sort out some of the other stuff the health insurance maybe some sponsorship kind of stuff and all that but yeah it's it's crazy to me that the Francis the the situation that Ngannou's found himself in and but it, think, it takes it takes it, someone like him to defend him a little bit, it takes someone like him to turn away a lot of money for something to change, you know? Like it's yeah, not going to oh, change oh, if he I, just caved I, I agree. Like, I'm taking the money. No, I I, I, I agree, but I, I, I think he, he ended up asking for too much. He overinflated his value for, for someone who's been pretty inactive. I'm saying he could have he could have still got those things, and I think it's very noble what he's doing. But it could have been a win-win situation. It didn't. It doesn't have to be this. Yeah. Francis Ngannou loses, the UFC loses, and it sucks for everyone. I think. I think it could have been handled handled a lot better. But man, can you imagine the magnitude of that fight? John Jones returning after three years away, heavyweight, looking all kinds of jacked in Africa. <sighs> imagine. 
the wow. biggest fight ever in terms of money. I mean, like, can it draw to, that? Top, top, top five, top five, probably. They do a stadium somewhere in Africa. I don't know what the situation is with the with the stadiums and the infrastructure. I don't know what country they would have to go to, but can you imagine? You could do hundred thousand people if there's a big enough stadium somewhere. Millions and millions of dollars on the gate ridiculous number of pay-per-views they could stack that card they could get kumaru on there they could oh Easy. it would be it would be it would be unreal the problem is yeah ah oh, wow yeah how wow would that be? that's the per that's my that's mm. my wish obviously we're asking for wishes that's my wish in Ghana. okay that's your like gw yeah, yeah okay all right all right so my my next wish and i will be shocked if this isn't on your list because we're you know i want Obviously, it's it's happening soon, mate. February, Alexander Volkanovsky to become double champ, to beat Islam Makachev. However, once he's done that, I want him to vacate 145 pounds and move up to lightweight permanently, thus opening the path for Arnold Allen to become featherweight champion in 2023. That is my Fuck. perfect scenario. I know, right? How greedy is that? Not asking enough for Volk to beat the fucking robot. Yeah, so I want him to vacate the fucking belt instantly for some UK little dweeb to come in. Um, whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, I knew, no, I knew, no uh, I was like, there's no way he's just going to say Aussie. I want an Aussie to win. There's going to be some sort of benefit for the UK. But because, yes, Absolutely. that was my second one, um, I might scrap that and put a new one in. And this one is going to be for Kamara Usman to dominate and most likely knock out Leon Edwards in front of the UK fans. And just put put in front of me. In front of me. That's what you want. I'm probably going to be there. I'm probably going to be there. Well, that's probably what's going to happen. I don't know about the KO, but he wins. He's just going to win. Nah, mate. Strap Steve. If lightning strikes twice, well then, fucking hell. That's amazing. It's going to be going to be different this time. He's going to stuff those takedowns, and he's going to beat the shit out of Kamaru on the feet. Well, then that's undeniable. I'd love to see that, but it ain't going to happen. All right, all right, next wish, yes, next sir. wish. Um, so another huge star, and I actually, one of the dream fights I would like to see him is at welterweight, but I do think his real future is at middleweight. I would like to see Kamzat Shumayev move up mm. to middleweight and fight there like three, four times this year, maybe three. Smash. Three, three times three times this year, has legitimately established himself as a middleweight contender, fight Paolo Costa, now, the ideal scenario fight that I would love to see is Kamzat versus Colby at welterweight. Now, if 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 Kamzat can come through that and is able to make welterweight, all of a sudden you go, well, he's got to wait around for, for a title shot. I get that. But if he misses weight or they do it at a catch weight or if they, that fight doesn't get made, the fight to make is Kamzat Shamaya versus Paolo Costa. It's Paolo Costa's last fight on his deal. Again, he's unhappy with his money. Um then, you know, Paolo, you're not happy. You want to earn some more money. I get it. Fight comes at Shemaev and either negotiate a contract extension with that signing that fight or take that fight, hit free agency and go over to the PFL and win yourself a million dollars in their middleweight tournament. That's like one, one, one of the two options. But it's not that easy. You've got to fight four times in eight months to win that. And Paolo Costa's never seen that level of activity, never been able to make you know, will make weight. Maybe he has to go to light heavyweight in, in, in the PFL and fight against the Aussie Rob Wilkinson there. So that's my that's my wish though. Kamzat Chumayev to to go up to middleweight and fight properly at middleweight and 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 and, and 
spice up that division because there's some fun fights to be made in that division. Woo-hoo-hoo. Yeah, and just Hamzat is a fun fight no matter who he's fighting. Um, yeah, exactly. He is fun. My last wish is Adesanya knocks out Pereira. It has to happen. I need vindication. And then, you know, who knows what happens after that. But it'd be it'd be one of the most satisfying fights for me to watch Izzy do that. And, you know, there's obviously no guarantees that happens. So it would just be insane. But yeah, what do you think, Hugo? Awesome. What do you think of that? Do you reckon that's going to happen? Oh, I mean, they're definitely going to fight. I just want Izzy to take some time off and, and get himself right mentally, maybe get a sports psychologist on board because – well, no matter what he says, no matter how brash he wants to be, he's got demons in his head now. He was it, it was conceivable for him to be able to say, well, that was in kickboxing. I'm a different beast now. I'm the middleweight champion. I'm more well-rounded. It's different in my world. Come over to MMA. But for him to be winning the fight and then get caught in the fashion that he did, he needs to, to, to really exercise those demons and, 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 and get himself right mentally, physically, everything before he takes that fight again. Have some time off. Um, and let's let's run it back in, in the middle of the year. Yeah. I was just having flashbacks while we were talking then of that whole fight. How fucking epic <sighs> is that fight, man? Just... Mate, it was unreal because the, the, the anxiety and the tension the whole way through that fight was unreal because you just knew that at any second, if Poetan lands, that's it. Good night, Vienna. It's all over. And ah, right there in the fifth round, man. Fifth round, Izzy just, I think maybe he got tired. Um, he just slowed down. Poetan, oh, it was it was crazy. It was crazy. It was just like, it was a championship fight is what it was. It was it was a proper, proper championship knock. Absolutely. Um, There's still a fair bit for us to cover. I don't know what you want, if you want to leave some stuff out. Is there some stuff you wanted to prioritize um, time-wise? But- well, yeah, let's we'll, we'll keep this one nice and tight. Or oh, there's there's two two qu- very quick bits of news we need to talk about. Maybe yeah. maybe maybe just one. Maybe just one, and then we'll quickly because we do UFC's back this weekend, and I'd like to say it's back with a bang. It's back with a bit of a whimper. We're back in the yeah. fucking apex. We've got a last minute main event change. It's not a this this is the third main event change because this was supposed to be headlined by Shavkat Rachmanov versus Jeff Neal. By the way, we're not going to do that. We you know we'll. Say we'll post that segment to the side, but, but one of my fighters to watch for 2023 and someone who I am incredibly excited about is Shavkat Rachmanov and you know his title aspirations in 2023. But really, really, the UFC is back with a whimper. Of course, we then get UFC 283. Maybe this is the warm up. This is so we don't you know blow our loads too early with with this UFC coming to card that of, Dana has is, an excuse not to be at. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. This this is the this is the warm up. This is the this is the fluffer event. This is the the appetizer, the palate cleanser, the sorbet between courses before the proper feast that is UFC 283 and all of the great fights that are coming along there. But the the one piece of news I did want to talk about quickly before we spend a few minutes on this um, fight night preview mm-hmm. is that it looks like Khabib could be leaving MMA f- for good. That. Stepping away from stepping away from coaching, he's not going to be in in um, in Perth to corner Islam Makachev against Volkanovski. Win, interesting man for Volk. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Volk Volk is that's a, that's a, that's a bonus. I don't care what you say. Like for him to not have his guy there, his trusted guy who's shepherded him through his whole career, 
look, we've got to be honest. Islam is the favorite, right? Uh, I mean, like, I, 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 it would be a shock to me if Volk wins. I want it. I can see it happening. I can visualize it, but it still would be a shock because it's a monumental challenge that he's going up against. But I, 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 obviously, we both desperately want to see that. But if he gets to the third round and, and Volk isn't wilting in the way he expects and all of a sudden he turns and looks for support from the guy who's guided him from day one, he's, I, think, I think he's his cousin, like, and he's not there, <laughs> oh, the doubt starts to creep in. He starts to fade. Maybe. I'm just saying. He starts just hearing like men at work down under just like playing in his head. <laughs> <laughs> it's just full-on anxiety attack. Oh, uh, we can good. only yeah, dream. So, but, yeah, we we can only we can only dream. Uh, of course, I'm sure Islam uh, is perfectly capable of standing on his own two feet. Um, but yeah, Khabib walking away from MMA, which is which is crazy because he's been such a big star and remains to be. Now, whether this is permanent, we don't know. But it says it's 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 family, and you know we know extremely small details about Khabib's family. Like they're never in the public eye. We don't. We we don't see them at events or anything like that. We know nothing about them, other than obviously we saw his father because he was his coach. Very interesting. Maybe, maybe there's there, there could be illness, or maybe he just wants to be there for his kids at you know at a particular age. Maybe he wants to start training his his kids at home. Yeah, he doesn't want to deal say. with wants to hit the gym maybe, hard one on one time. Maybe with the yeah, six that's month it. old, maybe, you know. Yeah, maybe 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 his son turned two and is now ready to go and wrestle bears. So he's going to go live in the mountains for six years with his son and and, and you know turn him into turn him into a a, a bearded man by the time he's eight years old. Who knows? Who knows? But yeah, I just one thing for big sure is those kids have a fucking great head of hair. That is guaranteed. <laughs> they got a great great beard. They they got a great beard. <laughs> The hair, the hair, not so much. Oh, just strong hairline, you know. Just you reckon a strong, strong hairline. Okay, yeah, they won't be yeah, gone yeah. bald. Right? No, they, no, they won't be. Um, all right, I thought it was Khabib. So, you know, first, first fight night. Let's let's talk about it. As as I mentioned earlier, we've got a new main event, third main event for this card. Um, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Don't you think? It, it is. It's just hilarious. It's like, could it start? Yeah, and Sean Strickland has stepped in. I actually think this is fight is better with Sean Strickland in, to be honest. Yeah. Because what the last time we saw Imovov Every fight is better. compete, yeah, with, with Sean Strickland in. The last time we saw Imovov compete was at UFC Paris against Joaquin Buckley, and he beat the brakes off him for two rounds, and then his gas tank emptied. It was gone, and Buckley made a, a great comeback and made a fight of it in the third. Strickland ain't going to gas out. Strickland's got cardio for days. That man's a psycho. And so if he can survive the first couple of rounds against Imovov, who hits hard, who I think is a more accomplished striker, if he manage that and take him into deep waters, there's no reason Strickland can't win this fight. On the other hand, by the way, another Dagestani-born killer in Nasadi Imovov, raised in France, fights out, of, fights out of France. This is his big test. This is his... This is, are you ready? Are you ready to swim with the Sharks? Are you ready to, to, to hang with the big boys in the top five, top six of this division? Big test for him. If he beats Strickland, you go, right, okay, he belongs. Let's see what's next. If he doesn't, you go, well, is it too soon? Is he too young? Or was he just a little bit overhyped? So this is a really, really, really interesting litmus test for me. Uh, I would agree if Strickland didn't fight fucking a month ago. I would agree with that, but 
he had a five round fight. He got pieced up, and um, like does if Imovov gives him any sort of power, I feel like he could get KO'd in the first round easily. Like, there's no way he's fully recovered from that fight, and they like kind of near connected a bit. Yeah, but. I- I know he's coming off a lot, and oh yeah, okay, he took he did, did take some shots off Kennedy, but he didn't get knocked out. And a lot of people thought that Strickland won that fight. There was a it was an, another one of those like, what's going on with the judges? Some people saw it one way, some people saw it another. He, he took some shots, but I don't, I don't think he got. Um, you don't reckon his brain would be you know, at least a little bit rattled? A five round UFC fight, like come oh, on. Oh no, no, yeah, All no, stand no. Up I, I, too. I, yeah, no, I. Definitely, I'm just saying. Like he didn't get, he didn't get shut out. The lights didn't go out. So um, I think the fight's on if we get to the end of round two. But <coughs> if I, I assume Imovov's a favourite, just given because uh, Strickland's a late um, entry. But if he's not or whatever, I'll just get on like first or second round KO as a nice bit of money, and then maybe hedge your bets Strickland in the decision or the late rounds. Or Strickland, something. yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I don't mind that at all. Um, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm interested. I'm interested. I kind of want uh, Strickland to win because if he's like relevant, it's just funny. He's a fucking dickhead. yeah. He's hilarious. He's a dickhead, but he's, I like dickheads around presses. He's 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 not the most entertaining fighter, and his and his and his fighting style doesn't match his personality outside of the ring. But I do I do enjoy Strickland. I do enjoy his media days. He's just a head case, and there's all kinds of fun fun that comes along with that. So I, I would like to see Strickland get the win here. Uh, so. Uh, apart from the main event, any of the cards, any of the fights on this card? I don't care for any of them. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a couple of okay ones that I know you're going to talk about. Yeah. And, but, you know, as we always say, the fight nights, more often than not, there will be some great KOs in there, some good scraps. Yeah. Shame it's at the apex. Um, although, to be honest, I don't know, you know, it's a good thing it's at the apex because who the fuck is paying to go and see this and, like, getting jazzed up? <laughs> In, a, in an arena to, to go and watch this card. I, it's pretty pretty thin. Few pretty thin off the ground. Around, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've got um, another Nurmagomedov, Umar, in the bantamweight division fighting. He's a heavy, heavy favorite against Rony Bar- Barcelos. Um, that, you know, Umar's been just 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 dominant. Let me, uh, let me pull up his, his, his record real quick. Um, announced bounce. Mate, if your last name is Nurmagomedov, you get a yeah. Well, yeah, he's well, he's yeah, he's 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 undefeated, um, and he's three and zero inside the UFC. Uh, looked very good in those in those fights. Bas, uh, Randy Barcelos is his biggest test, but um, yeah, he's on he's on the backside of his career. This this fight is about giving uh, giving Umar a name, a name win. Uh, in the bantamweight division to 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 put him onto bigger and better things, I think he wins so comfortably. Um, so that that you know, just to see how dominant he could be, I think that's interesting. And then there is um, one more one more fight that I'm particularly interested in, only because of one fighter, and that's Abdul Razak Al Hassan. Because okay, yeah, he's yeah he's eleven and five, and he's is he ever going to make a contender? No, but when he wins, he wins exclusively by knockout. Yeah. 100% knockout rate. You know what you're going to get with this fella when he comes into the cage. He's there for fireworks and fireworks only. So that's the other one I'm really looking forward He's to. He's the Michael Chandler that, of the Apex. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the Michael Chandler of the Apex. He is to the Apex what Michael Chandler is to Madison Square Garden. Yeah. I love that. That's yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, but that's that's it, man. We'll see how this card goes. We'll, we'll we'll recap any of the good fights in the show next week, and obviously we'll be back to preview a massive UFC two eighty three two title fights. Um, yeah, it's going to be going to be fun. The, the UFC lightweight strap is vacant yet again, so it's going to be fun times ahead. But mate, it's great to talk to you. Great so to be good. back. Um, and uh, yeah, really re- looking forward to to the year ahead. It's going to be a going to be a good one, I'm sure. Uh, and your pessimist predictions for the UFC's future will be uh, unfounded. And I think we're going to have we're going to have a great year. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Maybe I'll um, <laughs> maybe I'll get a job because I predicted all this. Uh, <laughs> just before we do go, uh, Punch Drunk Pod on Insta, Punch Drunk Pod underscore on Twitter, Punch Drunk Pod on TikTok. Uh, we gained like a thousand TikTok followers over the break. So thank you, everyone on there. Um, what else have we got? Punchdrunkpod at gmail.com. Obviously, Spotify. YouTube. YouTube. And we are on YouTube. Uh, well, our last, I feel like, like about and subscribe. five apps or something. We've also got a fair few new subscribers uh, over the break yeah. as well. So thanks for everyone that welcome, spent their welcome Christmas Welcome to our YouTube subscribers. Consuming content. Like and subscribe. Thank you very much. Like and subscribe. Mate, good to see you, and I'll uh, see you next week.